You're listening to the Higher Ideas Podcast, where ideas grow. Connect on higherideas.net. Now here's your host, I. Hello, fellow human, and welcome back to the Higher Ideas Podcast. As you can hear from the singing cicadas and babbling river, I am once again coming at you from the Amazon jungle by a midday river here. And before I get into today's episode, I just want to give a little acknowledgement here, a little welcome and hello to the new listeners that have recently come along at Higher Ideas Podcasts. It happened completely by surprise and by accident. Uh, About a week ago or so, I recorded a little flute video by the river here on my phone, throw up there on Facebook on my personal page, and I just kind of set it and forget it. But for whatever reason, it seems to have taken wins out there on the Facebook realms. Uh, it's been making the rounds and getting a lot of likes and a lot of comments and a lot of attention and views, which is amazing, right? I mean, that's very gratifying uh, to see how sharing some of this very special music that I've come to find on my path has uh, resonated with people out there. They seem to like it. And well, a couple days after I put that up, I was uploading a new episode and I got to see this graph that always greets me showing me listenership for the podcast and I found this giant spike in the listenership which has been more or less stable for a long long time. The listenership for this podcast fellow humans in the last week has quadrupled. Quadrupled. That is amazing and it's all from that flute video that got people interested. And along they've come to the Higher Ideas Podcast. So welcome, welcome to you guys. I'm sure if you've gotten into digging through the episodes that this is a strange little podcast. And I'm a strange guy talking about all kinds of spiritual, paranormal, impossible kind of stuff. And well, let's continue with another weird episode. Following right up on the recent episode, Dream Talk 3. This is a follow-up to Dream Talk 3, Psychic Dreams in which we explored the occasional occurrence of psychicness in dreams, either between you and another mind out there, and of course, in the form of another human, you meeting a friend in a dream, for example, and the next day, your friends talking about their dreams just for chance, and revealing that they had the exact same dream, and that you were in their dream, right? So a meeting in dreams between two minds. This is something I've seen and known happens once in a while. And of course, in other situations where someone is reaching out to you in a crisis, a very emotional crisis moment, people can receive that in their dreams if they're sleeping at the time. All of a sudden have a dream of this friend in crisis, this loved one in crisis, which turns out to be precisely true, right? That's psychicness. And well, the other kind of psychicness we looked at was premonition. Now that was more in line with uh, predicting the future by having a dream about some events that ends up a short ways down the line, happening in reality. Once again, that's a pretty undeniable event of some kind of psychicness. In that case, though, you'd be receiving the information more from the universal system, right? The information that maybe interlinks everything. Somehow you tapped into this channel that knows the direction and trajectory of everything, and you gleaned enough out of that to be able to simulate a future intersection of events that will intersect your path, right? That's the way I kind of see those premonition dreams. 
So in that case, not psychicness between you and a mind specifically, but psychicness between you and the universal system that I feel we all have access to on the spiritual level. Well, I was sitting here thinking about that very episode and I realized there is a middle ground I completely forgot to explore in that episode. So let's do this Dream Talk 3.5, still about psychic dreams, but today we're going to focus more on receiving interaction or information from a mind that is not a living human mind here on Earth right now. Some kind of communication between consciousness that exists up there in the spiritual realms, coming down in a dream to interact with you. Here come two stories of an event just like that. And I'll start with one tying back into the last episode, tying back to this girl I told you about who came through our camp a couple years ago, who was a very strong lucid dreamer. And I told you about a premonition dream that she had had and told me about. But I could have spoken more about this girl because really she was actually very gifted in the dream realm, very lucid, so lucid and used to that state in dreaming that she had frequently had contact with ancestors of hers. Specifically, she told me about her grandfather, who uh, was in plant medicine culture himself. She didn't really connect into it very much, but she knew that he was some kind of shaman. He was some kind of uh, plant healer in the country she comes from. And many times in her life, she told me these amazing dreams she had. Such shamanic, powerful dreams that had so much symbology in it. Um, dreams where she'd be in a rough time in life, and her grandfather would appear in this spirity place, not in a place that's physical. Just him and her in this void with other ancestor spirits there having conversations with her about her life and giving very powerful, strong advice, very pointed advice, tough love kind of stuff, you know? And there, right there, right? That is communing with spirit. You can say, yeah, she's just imagining it. These are just archetypes dreamt up as figures to deliver messages from her unconscious or something like that, right? But as I said, I work with these spiritual forces and my view tends to be that very often it may be coming from a real mind, in that case, the spirit of her grandfather, who may still be living in the spirit realm as a powerful medicine man he was, able to continue in the spirit realm for a while, taking care of his granddaughter, watching over his son and his children, breaking into a dream with her as a lucid dreamer, and giving her very powerful, very pointed life advice. And in this same breath, I don't know if I ever mentioned this, but Maestro Orlando too, a lot of his growth as a shaman came under the guidance of his grandfather, who was his teacher. But his grandfather died at some point and kept teaching Maestro Orlando in visions, in dreams, kept showing up and continuing the lessons. To this day, Maestro Orlando says his grandfather is still on the property, still assisting with all of the medicinal process happening. Many people have come here and reported having visions of an old man, an old shaman, helping them through ceremony, through a difficult moment. And Maestro Orlando can affirm that is his grandfather, still at work on the property. But anyway, looping back to this girl here, this lucid dreaming girl, she came to us a couple of years back to do a week of ayahuasca work. And in meeting her, knowing I would be training her through the week, I wanted to get a sense of where is she now, right? Where is she starting from before drinking this ayahuasca on the first night? 
So I asked her, did you ever have psychedelics? Did you ever work with anything? And she said no. She had never worked with any mushrooms, any psychedelic, anything like that. Never had any visionary plants in her life. And so I asked, marijuana? Did you at least have marijuana? And she says, nope, never even had marijuana. She had never had any kind of plant that gives you any kind of effect uh, psychologically, right? And so I, of course, had to ask, how in the heck did you go straight to ayahuasca here? You know, you're about to drink ayahuasca. Why that huge leap? There's a whole graduation of experience you can have in between, you know, mushrooms, marijuana that are maybe less turbulent than ayahuasca can be. Why did you come to ayahuasca like this? And she told me this amazing answer. She says that she was dreaming one night and in her dream, there was the voice of a woman and the voice of this woman directly in her head kept saying nothing but ayahuasca. Ayahuasca, 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 over and over and over, that one word in her brain as she dreamt. And when she woke up, of course, she had that word in her head, ayahuasca. What the hell is that, she wondered. She had never heard that word before. She typed it out into Google, more or less how she heard it, and ended up finding out it is this medicinal plant that has all this spiritual culture around it. People say all these amazing stories about it. So she decided, let's go. A dream seems to have told me I need to have some interaction with this plant. And so she came to us and picked a real good place. I mean, everything lined up real nice for her with this one, but began in this amazing way. In the middle of a dream, the voice of a spirit speaking directly into her head calling her to ayahuasca. Now you could surmise that that voice of a woman may have been the spirit of ayahuasca medicine. They call her mother ayahuasca, the big spirit behind this medicine, some motherly female force that so many people seem to encounter somewhere in the ayahuasca experience. And well, a female voice saying the word ayahuasca, calling this woman to her first contact with this medicine, which was very important for her, as a, as a being in this life, you know, it really shifted some good things for her here. Um, it would seem that that was the medicine calling her. Or alternatively, you can say that it was uh, possibly a female relative of hers trying to point her that way. Or you can even say that it might have been her own higher self. That female voice in her head may have been coming from her own higher being. That part of herself that's somewhere far away enough from human life that it feels other, right? But that could have very well been coming from her own higher self, trying to move her to ayahuasca because it was time. It's just, this is it, right? This is the moment in your life, in this life as a spirit, it's your turn, right? So send the message in a dream, ayahuasca, ayahuasca. And the rest is history, right? So there, an example of spirit, some force that is not exactly a human, but somehow chose to deliver that message to her in a dream to move her life towards this experience of ayahuasca. Very important, right? A very important spiritual intervention in the life of this girl. And what can you say? But there must be a mind at work there. 
making that choice to make that contact to send that message and yeah I guess I can see why people might think that sounds wacky and crazy until it happens to you, right? And I definitely put stock in her story there because I've had an experience like that myself in life. Many, many years back, I was living in a very, very bad home situation. I was living with a roommate and the situation on the end of the roommate, through no fault of my own, I swear, this person had a lot of personal problems and it just so happened that if you lived in a room, in a house, with this person, no matter how good a person you are, how well-intentioned you are, no matter how much you try to heal this person of their issues, it didn't matter. Just by being the only person in their world, you would become the reason for all of their problems. And this was the dynamic I had been living with for a year as slowly it kept getting worse and worse and my patience was getting lower and lower and uh, you know the toxicity coming from this roommate's side of things was getting bigger and bigger the craziness at work in the head of this roommate was getting bigger and bigger and destroying my life I was trying to write my book at the time and all I wanted to do was be in a peaceful home and write my book but this person was dragging me into all these petty, stupid things. I probably should have moved out, right? But I was stubborn. And I decided to just hunker down in my room and try as much as possible to disconnect from that. And uh, just I just need to finish my freaking book, right? Get out of my face. But this person hated that, right? And so double down. How dare you ignore me? How dare you not even fall into my game, right? I'm going to raise the volume. So it was becoming super toxic. And I was, back then very passive in life. I didn't like to directly intervene in anyone's life. I didn't like to lay down the law as it were, right? If someone's being a total shit, like I wouldn't be the one to say, stop being a shit. This is why you're being a shit. This is how you're being a shit. Get your shit together, right? I would think it, I would see it all, but I was still resisting the act. I wasn't powerful enough yet. I was resisting that moment of striking and so many times in life, I would have this repeating pattern of trying to pass through the home, go to the bathroom, leave to go to the store or something, and get intercepted by this person. And they would spit their venom all over me. It was immediately all this, I hate this, and why did you do that? And can you believe what this person did to me today? And why everyone's against me? And uh, I wouldn't defend myself. I wouldn't fight against it, you know? I'd block it and move away. But it was affecting me, right? It was wearing me down, stressing me the hell out, making that beautiful apartment a living hell. Now, I'm just laying that background to explain that I had this very tense situation. And well, it was somewhere in that time, I was having a dream one night that I was in an apartment. This was a dream apartment, not the same one, but I knew I was in this space with others. I was in a roommate situation, but I was alone in the living quarters and out of a room, all of a sudden, storms this person, even in the dream, right? And of course, they get straight to all their venom, right? Saying, oh, can you believe what happened to me today? Oh my God, I hate so much how people do this to me. I hate when people do this. The people that do this hate, hate, hate. And in my mind, as this person was walking around the room, all I wanted to do was say, I hate people that walk around all day hating everybody else. But I was holding it in, just like I do in life, right? 
and I'm just standing there kind of frozen as this person orbits around the room picking things up and getting ready to leave and getting their bike and stuff right and just huffing and puffing around and all the while through that whole situation there was this word in my head that would interfere it was like this Tsuki and the dream would continue and then Tsuki the dream would continue Tsuki 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 you know it would it would it was punctuating the whole dream until the end when that person left the room and as the door was closing that word became so insistent in my head Tsuki 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 and I woke up and that was the dream but of course that word as soon as I woke up, it was still resonating in my head. Tsuki, Tsuki, what is Tsuki? I had been studying Spanish things those days. I had been looking into shamanism books and everything. And there may be words like Tsuki in the native tongues, right? So I decided to get on Google, just like that girl did. And I Googled Tsuki, T-S-U-K-I. That's what it sounded like, Tsuki. And I was completely caught off guard. When the result came up, Japanese. Tsuki is a Japanese word, get this, that means strike. Like with a sword, thrust, attack, strike. This Japanese voice in my head through the whole dream was telling me to strike back. Now why in the hell was it significant that that was Japanese? I've been aware for many years that I have a spirit around me that is Japanese. I won't say much more than that. I like to play that one real close to the chest. But there is a spirit around me from birth that is Japanese. And I have encountered that spirit in many ways, in many moments. And in this dream came this Japanese word that I didn't know. Repeating it, Tsuki, Tsuki, strike, strike at this goddamn roommate. Hit back, damn it. Stop taking this abuse, right? You have the right. You are in the right. You've been taking it and taking it. And this person needs a smack in the face. You are a healer in training. Strike. That's what that message was. But how amazing, right? The fact that it was this Japanese word points to me that it came from not only just spirit in general, but that spirit that Japanese spirit watching the whole situation. Now, it gets even weirder because rewind a whole bunch of months in that situation when we were still getting along and the house was still relatively peaceful with some turbulence of that situation starting to brew. This roommate said that one night they awoke to see an Asian figure. All right, I'll say it, it's a woman. Okay, the, uh, the spirit. It's a Japanese woman. And this roommate said, I woke up last night and I could swear I saw this Japanese woman standing by the side of my bed, leaning over me, looking at me, as if scrutinizing, as if judging, you know? And that was it. It was like a little vision that they had in, in between waking and sleeping. And when the roommate told me that I thought immediately about that spirit that watches after me and I thought huh maybe you know my guardian spirit is checking out the new roommate you know seeing if everything's on the up and up 
But there it was, apparently watching the whole situation devolve. Could you imagine the frustration of this spirit if she was watching all of it, saying, God damn it, this roommate is, is taking you to town, right? Ruining you, fight back. This is not right. And so finally in a dream, in the, the, the peak, in the climax of the tension, came this dream that Japanese spirit was able to speak into my mind. Show me the situation. Do you see this? Look how ugly this is. Fight back, fight back, fight back. I've been studying spirit here uh, with these medicinal plants here, with ayahuasca and whatnot, and generally been plugged into spirit a lot in my life. So I've thought about it a lot. What, how is this all laid out, right? How is the universe shaped? What is spirit all about? It does seem to be conscious you know, in the same way that another person seems to be conscious, but scientifically, that's pretty much impossible to prove, right? I can't prove that you're conscious to myself, right? I only know that I'm conscious and that you seem to be conscious. And in that same way, there are processes, there are entities, there are images that show up in psychedelic work, in dreams, as characters, right? Who often seem to be just the same, seem to have some concrete intelligence, something different than just a blank zombie dream character and that seems to have a specific message for you now why would that occur only in psychedelics in visions like that visionary states or in dream in the spirit realm it is the realm of idea it is the realm of pure potential it is the realm of thoughts you know when you make something up in your head there are absolutely no limits are there there's no limit of gravity there's no shortage of material Right? The only shortage, the only thing that limits you in imagination is your imagination. What can you dream up? That's the only limit. Anything you want to dream up can exist in your mind. And that's what the spirit realm is like. Your mind is working on that level. It's not a physical thing, right? It's rooted in your brain, but the consciousness at work in your mind, it's sitting more in that plane. And that gives us a hint, as I'm trying to describe here, a hint about what that plane is like. Unlimited. Very wishy-washy, right? Not solid at all, just absolutely unsolid as a defining quality. Because everything is able to happen all at once. There are no limits on anything. Everything can exist with all the space it wants, right? No one's stepping on each other's toes. There's no war over resource. It is just idea, thought, consciousness, which is the most limitless thing I can imagine. And that is the realm of spirit, consciousness, thought, idea. And that's where dreams, that's where visions sit more than here in the real world, right? Your thoughts sit outside of the real world in some sense. You can think all kinds of things and yet they're all just dreams, right? They're all just passing shapes of energy going through your brain none of them really changing the reality here unless you take actions based on those thoughts speak those thoughts enact those thoughts besides that threshold of action all of this stuff sits in this wishy-washy infinite place of potential the physical worlds where i'm sitting right now on this nice hard rock this place is all about this rock is here for whatever amount of mechanics went into its being here it is taking up this space and by the fact that it's taking this space nothing else can i can sit on top of it as i'm sitting right now i can smack it around all i want but it is there and i am here 
and there is a limit. So everything is segmented and walled off from each other. And thus we get this physical reality, this different place that's all about not all of it can happen at once. In every point of this universe, in any moment of this universe, everything is very defined in its defined place. So in, in fact, the difference between the physical worlds and the spirit realm is the difference between definity, defineness, right? And indefinity, indefinedness, undefinedness. The spirit realm is a place of indefinity, wishy-washiness. It's like a liquid or something, right? It's like a, a smoke. But here in the physical realm, it's all about finite, limited resource, limited space, limited time, limited lifespan, limited abilities, and work within, within those limits. That's the whole game of physical reality. And well, sorry to get off on a tangent there, but this very definition is why I think spirit forces that live more on that other side, right? I believe there are populations and beings and life forms of a sort existing in that realm of idea. Just like there are in the microscopic realm, a bunch of living beings crawling all over your skin that you can't see, right? Just like here we are, beings on this level, living all these lives and paying attention to all these factors and moving things around and thinking and wanting and moving. I believe that same kind of thing is happening in that energetic realm where you get spirits, things that are not attached necessarily to anything down here on the physical realm, but floating up there with their own story, with their own concerns, living. And probably because they're near neighbors, they're somewhat connected to us, they probably have some sense of what's happening in the physical realm. They're probably very interested in it. In fact, my shamanic training tells me that they're all of them at work making this place. This physical game here is a sort of simulation that they're all interested in and animating in every moment of life. And well, some of them sometimes want to pass a message down, want to move a piece. We have to intervene, a spirit watching this situation. As they watch us and they want to interact, it seems like because of the barrier of definedness that you have to cross to get here, to this place, to reach a message here. They can't write it on a rock for us, right? The only way they can reach us is through our own minds. And our minds themselves, living in this material place, are very limited too. So not only do they have to reach to us through minds, but they have to reach out to us when we're in a state that is very open, that is not questioning a lot, that is just letting it be. And that's what you're doing in a dream. You're completely abandoning control. You're just encountering events and rolling with the punches in a dream, right? You're very automatic in a dream. And it gets very much the same in visionary plant work when you're under the effects of mushrooms or ayahuasca ceremony and whatnot, or even very deep meditative practices. You get into this state of just receiving, of not questioning. And in those moments, those spirits may come in and deliver a message, have an interaction. They speak to us through the subconscious. They speak to us through instinct. These are the parts of our system that are rooted in the spirit world. The nearest and most common option that spirits have to get in touch with us is in these states. 
So there it is, fellow human, just a little addendum to Dream Talk 3. I do hope you found it more intriguing listening. And by the way, I don't say this often, but why not say it here, since we've got a whole bunch of new listeners. I promise, fellow humans, I am not bullshitting you about anything on this podcast. I know these stories of mine are crazy, and uh, it's super easy for anybody to say, ah, he's just making it up, right? Dismiss it that way, if you want. But at least let me defend myself here. I am not making it up. I am not lying. Bring on the lie detector. Bring on the future technology that can read my minds, and all you will see is an amazing movie of impossible witnessings. So there it is, fellow humans. As always, thank you so much to my Patreon patrons who keep this thing going. And of course, since we've got a glut of new listeners, I will, of course, reach the hat around here and say, please, guys, do consider supporting any amount monthly you can or want to. Really, really, guys, it is supporting my life. It is my livelihood right now, this Patreon. And it is always on the edge of a knife. Please help take the pressure off, guys. Please consider donating to my Patreon. You could find that link, very small orange link, all the way at the top of higherideas.net. And while you're over there at higherideas.net, please do have a browse through the episode catalog. I'm sure you'll find something intriguing somewhere. And as always, until next time, keep thinking.